Good morning, everybody. Happy New Week. I hope you are doing amazing. Uh, we're coming to you from the Sunshine State in Queensland. Currently, I'm in Cairns and I've got the beautiful Carol Jones here next to me, who's over in the, on the Gold Coast. And we were just reminiscing that her and I met just over two years ago, June uh, 2019. And then she came to the final face-to-face -face retreat, which was Feb 2020. And then she has now published, of course, and uh, has her book, A Sober Lifestyle, which is what we're talking about today. Sober is the new black. Thank you so much, Carol, for being here and sharing your story and, um, you know, how you hope to help people with your book. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Natasha. Oh, amazing. So I'm going to give you guys the official introduction. Oh, by the way, I have got my live open here on my screen so I can see comments and all that sort of stuff and people watching. So I'm going to give you guys the official introduction of who Carol is. So she is one very grateful recovering alcoholic. After destructively drinking her way through her teens and 20s, the day finally came when she said enough is enough. When um, she apprehensively tiptoed through the doors of AA over two decades ago, Carol heard a very grim statistic that only 2% of alcoholics get given the gift of sobriety. And of that 2%, only 2% remain sober for the first two years. A very sobering fact indeed, no pun intended. Carol vowed and declared that she would do whatever it took to remain sober and eat if she made that two-year milestone, she would write a book about it to help others do the same. So since that life-changing day in 1993, Carol has witnessed numerous men and women coming in and out of AA rooms, abstaining from alcohol for a short time, only to be seduced back to the liquid poison again, lured back to the false hope that things will be different this time and the boozing won't get out of control. So fresh off the press, uh, her book, her promised book that she promised to herself, A Sober Lifestyle Surviving the First Two Years and Beyond. So this particular book is a really easy and engaging read and was born to help um, give relief and hope to anyone wanting to finally break free from the shackles of the cunning, baffling and powerful demon drink. So Carol, I mean, wow, it's it's been a while now. So you actually wrote the book many, many, uh, way after the two years of being yes. sober, is that right? <laughs> so how many years later, 93 and we're 2021? Yeah. Gosh, 28 years sober, to, sober now. Wow. So, But it doesn't seem like that. And you know how life just gets in the way. Yeah, <laughs> we did it. Yeah, um, but it kept it kept pressing on me. And um, when when sort of COVID hit, it was even worse. Like even more people. Yeah. You know, I have a new job. I work in the hospital in the emergency department at the Gold Coast Hospital, and so yeah. we see many many patients coming through. Um, you know who are struggling with drink, and a lot of work colleagues too you know at every level so um it was just it was just time to do it you know time yeah. to get it finished yeah so where do you think like with alcoholism you know um you know some people say it's a disease like kind of um you know what's your belief and take on that can you describe it you know for those of us that maybe haven't lived that life you know that so many struggle with yeah my own belief and this isn't scientific or might not be real but it's my belief yeah. is that it is a genetic disease yep. um, that you're born with yes. um, and a lot of people don't believe that but I do 
And I know that although I have a very successful recovery and have done for the last 28 years, um, if I pick up a drink again, I'm going to be right back to where I was or actually worse because it's a progressive disease. So, um, yeah, it's not something, I'm never going to drink again, you know, because, and I didn't even want to, which is great, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I believe it is a disease. Yeah, and, I've heard quite disease. a few people say that as well. But I guess it could be a social disease as well for some people, right? Because, you know, just like, you know, if um, for overweight or people who are overweight, sometimes it is a genetical reason, um, you know, but yeah, there'd be probably a few reasons, but I have heard that, um, you know, mostly can come from, mm. you know, also from the par uh, parents or, you know, yeah, your genetic makeup as well. Yes, yes. Uh, and a lot of environmental factors come into it and, um, yeah. you know a lot of people reach their rock bottom a lot earlier than others and a lot later than others yeah um, and you know some people are binge drinkers but they're not necessarily alcoholics mm -hmm. you know? yeah so what defines someone an alcoholic what is it like you know how much how often or is is that not important well, no it's not even about how much or how often it's more um using it as a, as, as a crutch all the time or as a coping mechanism yeah. um, and like I wasn't even aware of being an alcoholic until the day I gave up it never crossed my mind <laughs> that I was an alcoholic I yeah. thought I was just a social drinker because it was my norm to have Baileys on my cornflakes for breakfast and you yeah. know um, I home brewed and I did a lot of beers and a lot of wines as well and um if I was going to a barbecue and decided that, oh, I'm not actually going to drink today. I think I'll have a day off drinking. I'm just going to take that Fiji or wine because that's just fruit juice, you know. Yeah. That was my norm, my way of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it never crossed my mind at all until all of a sudden it was like a penny dropped. So how tell, talk to me about the penny dropping moment, that defining moment in 93 when you said enough is enough. Yeah. What happened? Like, you know, obviously sometimes for us to have those moments is the shit hits the fan, mm. you know, or, you know, yeah. something happens. So can you, would you share that with us? Yeah, my rock bottom, it was, um, it was, it was really crazy. It was like, I'd been drinking all day. Like I was topped up for 16 years, just continually topped up, living a normal functional life. Um, and then um one it, it was more I compromised my values you know we all have values and we don't sort of step over them and they're all different for different people and I didn't even really consciously know what my values were but, yeah. but this one particular night um and all of a sudden I just had this rage in my head this actually really irrational um thought and went around to this lady's house at 11 o'clock at night and ranting and raving at her on her doorstep um, that my husband was there for some reason, but he wasn't because she was standing right next to her husband and children. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they came out in their pajamas, you know, just who's this crazy bitch turned up, you know, on their lawn and um, ranting and raving at her. And then he was very angry with fist clenched and she was holding him back and she was very calm 
and she had this really calm angel-like presence and the light bulb from the front porch was shining on her hair <laughs> she looked like an angel yeah. and um and then all of a sudden just like that it was like oh I've just left my kids at home alone. Yeah. You know? And that was, how could I do that? That was one of my values. You never leave kids alone at home, especially, you know, near, near midnight on a cold winter's night in a, yeah. not such a great city where I live. Yeah. And that just, sure, I was cold stone sober and drove home and never have never had a drink since. So it was, to me, it was compromising my values. Mm, and yeah. just this this you know I don't know what made me never have a drink again the yeah. um you know she was an angel sent from God or somewhere you know mm -hmm. so thank God for that <laughs> wow and so talk to me about you know how you say the two percent what two percent of the two percent yeah you know so did you start going to AAs and um uh, you know, you were hearing these stats and what, what were the, some of your uh, mechanisms or tools that you use? You know, did you ever feel like drinking again or like? No, no. Oh, once, actually once I did. Um, but I, it was really good. It was just something, it's always people that piss you off, you know, someone that triggers you and, and that sort of thing. And, um, and I was actually on my way to an AA meeting. <laughs> yeah. And just as well, probably. And yeah. Um, and something happened, somebody said something, and then I just saw my rage just went from one to 10. And I felt so offended and just rage. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've, it was only a split second flick through my head, I need a drink. Mm -hmm. And I just got in the car and I drove tunnel vision to this AA meeting it was about a 15-minute drive, 10-minute drive, and I had to pass a pub that I used to drink at on the corner, and I remember driving, I turned the corner, and then the driveway to the pub was there, and I had to hold the steering wheel like this in tunnel vision to get past and got to the AA meeting, and I got down, sat in my seat, and they all said, what's wrong? I said, oh, it's okay now. It's okay now I'm here, <laughs> and I never, ever felt like a drink again. Mm -hmm. so that was only wow. one one time ever. Um, Do you still attend meetings now and again? Not so much now with COVID because they closed them down. Yeah. And but there are online meetings, yeah, um, everywhere. And I've attended a few of those, and they're fine. But it's more a matter of when you can get on, and you know, with work and your life and all that sort of thing. And it's really nice just to have a home group meeting. Yeah. And I've found a couple of good home group meetings here, but they close up. You know. The rooms close, the rent gets too expensive, you know, the building's yeah. sold. It was much easier in my hometown where yeah. I went, you know, religiously every Monday night for 15 years, you know. Yeah. So when you say alcoholism doesn't discriminate, can you expand on that for us? Well, it's well, it's anybody. Like a lot of people think of alcoholics as those people in the gutter, homeless, you know, that sort of thing, drinking out a flagon out of a brown paper bag or wine you know cheap sherry whatever but it's not it's it's and and it's really strange it's it's everybody from you know the bottom to the top doesn't matter your color your age your race your sex whatever um although there's a really really high percentage of 
middle class white woman. Mm. Probably because it's maybe it's more acceptable for middle aged white woman to drink and have yeah. wine, and it's more a social thing, and so it looks more prominent. Yeah, but um, it doesn't discriminate at all. You know, I used to think that an alcoholic was exactly what I just said. A, a drunk in the gutter drinking they portray in the movies <laughs> yeah exactly portrayed in movies sleeping on a park bench with covered in newspaper mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing and when I first went to AA I thought I thought oh god it's going to be a room full of drunken old men you know mm-hmm. but silly me you know it was a it was a room full of sober people yeah you know, they're not drunk people they're sober yeah. people no and you know yeah. you know and I'd always felt like an outcast in my life, not because of the drinking, but just because I felt that way from a tiny child, as long as I can remember. Mm. And when I um, went into AA, you know, I was always the black sheep, and then I found my flock, you know. I went into this meeting and there's, oh, these are my people. This is like my family. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's um, very powerful. The reason why meetings have worked for so long Mm. uh, for many people is because you find your tribe, your community with similar values, you know, we no longer want to drink or be dependent on alcohol and all that sort of stuff. And you can develop some wonderful friendships and, you know, family like, is that what's happened with you? Yeah, lifelong friendships. And it's not even, and it's not even about the alcohol because we, we don't, we're not, we're not, drinkers we're sober people and it's more about all this mind shit (laughs) in here um how we deal with our thoughts and our feelings our mind it just never stops and how we deal with it in a normal world you know because it's more it's people trigger this shit not trigger our urge to drink yeah Um, and so we've got to we've got to really be mindful of where we go, who we go with, who's going to be there, you know, um, how long we want to stay there. Like in any social situation, not just drinking, but um, especially, I do not like being in drinking situations only because I find it really boring after a couple of hours Mm -hmm. um, because that's when people have had over two or three or four or six, you know, and they start talking about the same stuff and spitting in your face and you you're breathing yeah. in their alcohol fumes and they think, oh, oh, you know, you just get tired of it. But even in normal social situations, um, if I, I don't feel comfortable, I feel comfortable at work because we talk about work. <laughs> you know, yeah. I feel comfortable in AA because we're all the same. I feel, yeah. I would feel comfortable, I feel comfortable going hiking because we're all hiking, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. But um, in, a, in a social situation where it's just sort of chit chat, and stuff like that I find it hard I need to be entertained yeah I much prefer to go to a play or play tennis or you know an activity yeah you yeah that that small talk is what we find very hard yeah I get it there's a comment here I'm just trying to pull it back up on my uh everyone chooses a crutch to cope what happens now when there is stress uh do you have different go-to ways to cope with stress that's from Kim Yes, absolutely. Hi, Kim. Thanks for your comment. Um, yes, well, in the early days, and even now and again, I don't really get too wound up now, but um, what I used to do, so one of my favourite drinks was a G&T, gin and tonic. And if I was really stressed, I would scull two gin and tonics really quick and then 
and then carry on drinking moderate, you know, <laughs> moderately for an alcoholic. But um, when I stopped drinking, I would I would stand at the kitchen tap and I would scull two glasses of water out of the tap, and then oh, it was exactly the same as mm -hmm. two GNTs, but much more healthier. Yeah. So that's a really good one. Scull water. Mm -hmm. It's really bad. Um, other ones just uh, say the serenity prayer. Um, the other one is, um, you know, God give me the serenity to accept the people. Of, look, I, I'm a bit nervous at the moment, so I can't even remember yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing a million times. Yeah. <laughs> I should have had it written down ready. Um, yeah. Go to a meeting, ring a sponsor, um, read your AA book or your daily readings book. Um, yeah. A lot of things I do, I, I tap, I meditate. Um, You've gone into quite a bit of self-help and personal development. Yeah, different your mindset. Like and, yep. Yeah. If if I can, I'll go for a walk, a brisk walk. Um, yeah. You know, something like that. But the biggest thing I find is water. Water. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Drink water. <laughs> and it's easy. It's accessible. It's free. It's you know. Yeah. Yeah. How has your family responded to like obviously your whole shift like what happened you know you know after the decision and over the oh. years how has it been well it's funny because um some family members knew some didn't um it wasn't something i went shouting from the rooftops oh. yeah um it was just because I, in the first few months i don't think i even saw family very little because i was so intent on going to 90 meetings in 90 days yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. another thing for to get that grounding and, and I was still working and my mum and that sort of thing. And um, so some of them knew and some of them didn't. And some thought, some said, oh, that's great. You know, and others said, you're not an alcoholic. I drink more than you. And it's like, mm. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, um, and friends, one friend who I saw every day, my best girlfriend, and um, I used to drink wine out of a coffee mug. Mm -hmm. I don't know, not consciously, because I never thought I had a problem, remember? But she just said, I thought you just drank a lot of tea. Ah. <laughs> you know, and she was very good. Um, when I had to go to meetings, she would babysit, so she was great. Um, yeah. A lot of um, the next generation, because I'm 28 years sober now, I've got the next sort of generations. All my little nieces and nephews, they're all grown up now, and they've got their own kids. And now the books come out, they go, Oh, I wonder why Auntie Carol didn't drink. Ah, they uh, had no idea. Yeah, you know, she's just yeah, a sober yeah, yeah. person. So, and it's been really good. I've had great support. Great yeah. support with the book. You know, really yeah. amazing support with the book. So, tell me, what would people get out of reading your book? Of course, your stories in there. Yeah. What's the, some of the other things? Is it some of those tools that you've used? To yeah, there's a lot of tools in there, and yeah. um, there's chapters on everything it's more like because the book's based on those first two years because yes. those are the crucial two years so I wanted to keep the book really simple for people because you know when we first go into recovery we are learning a whole new lifestyle it's yep. like beginning it's like starting to walk again learning to walk again that's why the book is for the sober lifestyle right yes and yep. and the tagline those first two years yeah so um what was the question? 
Oh, what do I hope? Uh, <laughs> what What are people going to get out of reading your book? Like, um, just a lot of a lot of coping mechanisms. Um, yeah. In each chapter, I've kept the chapters small, and it's more like um, just a conversation with me talking to them simply. Yeah. I've kept it very simple because um, it's it is very simple, um, but not always easy. So I've just kept the steps really simple and uh, the chapters really simple in the book and uh, their rock bottom and then how to clean the house out, um, yeah. how cleaning up your environment, uh, yeah. cleaning up the people. people yeah. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Where you go, what you do, more activity, like becoming active, like instead of drinking and going to the pub and clubs and parties and things like that, like what can I do now? Yeah. So all about different activities you can do. Um, yeah, give, give them some ideas. because Yeah, you know, and then if there them. are social situations, you can't get out of drinking situations like a family wedding or a 21st or something because oh, I, had I had to yeah. go to all of those. There's all sorts of strategies and about oh, people really? expecting you to be the sober driver and, you know, yeah. and they're not giving you the keys when they're pissed out of their tree. So you get the keys at the beginning. <laughs> of the night yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. and um never never if you need to if you need to leave the place have your escape route planned before you need it like at the beginning of the night before you even go think it all through um i hear there's a lot of planning and pre-preparation oh, and finding things out ahead yes. of time is that right That's yeah absolutely i'm a very schedule planning person <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen who's going to be there <laughs> yeah yep. and who's going to press my buttons and how long can I stay before it's rude to leave all of that though I do enjoy people don't get me wrong but you know it's just sometimes I find it hard to cope with people yeah so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and there's things like and even what can I eat when I go to a restaurant there's hidden alcohol in food there's hidden oh, alcohol yeah. Yeah, so there's all a, a section on that, a chapter on that, and medications. I've got, I've got a cold. I've got to go and get some cough mixture. Oh, that's got alcohol in it. You know, read the thing. You know, I went to a health food shop to get um, cough medicine once, and I put it on the spoon, and just went, oh no, and read the back of the label, and it had alcohol, and I was angry. <laughs> I was so angry. I'd gone to the health food shop, so it was just lucky that. Yeah. Um, I'd put it on a teaspoon instead of just sculling it out of the bottle. I mean, I'm a sculler. I've yeah, sculled, yeah. <laughs> I've yeah, sculled yeah, since yeah. I started drinking. I still yeah. scull, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's funny. 28 years later, I scull anything. You know, I burn myself with soup, you know? yeah 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 so i don't know what something i never thought about yeah the fact that meditation and food has has absolutely you know you go to you go to a restaurant or cafe or something oh god i feel like some hot chips and all they've got is bear battered fries oh yeah oh i can't have those you know (laughs) but um i'll even go to the extent if i can of checking out the menu especially now you can do it online check out the menu and work out exactly what i'm going to have so oh, when, yeah. when I get I love there, doing that too. I love doing that too. Yeah. So I don't have to spend 20 minutes yes. wondering and not knowing and then make yeah. a decision. Yeah. Exactly. That's actually a good tip for everyone. Yeah, it's a good tip for everybody. Yeah. And, but when you go to a place where it might be your, I don't know, Christmas dinner at someone's place and there's sherry and the trifle 
you know, is there white wine in the chicken sauce and, you know, yeah. all sorts of things. You've got to really think about it. And, and quite often I eat kids' food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and when people and other things, how to cope when you go out and people say, oh, what do you want a wine? Do you, you know, they don't know that you don't drink or something. And yeah. you want a wine? Oh, no, thanks. I'll just have a water. Oh, go and have a wine, have a wine. And they're shoving it and, you know, how to cope with those sort of situations. They're hard situations, even, you know, uh, yeah. even with food or sugar yes. and all that sort of yes. stuff. Everything. Get, uh, Everything. Yeah, that's a very similar one as well when people kind yeah. of say, oh, come on, you know, it's a party. Yeah. Or it's the, the, the weekend. Yeah, yeah the pressure. How was the process of writing your book? Like, how did you find that? Was it, was it, did you have to relive stuff or you just kind of? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was hard. Well, it was it was hard in so many ways because I had to keep thinking back to those first two years. It was this book was I had to keep thinking this is the book I needed back then that wasn't there. You had to put yourself in those shoes. Yeah, again. A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, and although it's written for the first two years, so many of the things I do every day anyway. Yeah, it's just my natural life. New routines and habits. Yes. But a lot of the actually reliving the feelings and emotions of of lots of it was really difficult. And it was like um, I one day I vomited, you know, like because I was reliving an incident. Yeah. And it brought up all of the same stuff without and I you know, I was living it without the alcohol because <laughs> I had to relive it. Yeah. And so, and the same, and headaches, I got headaches. Um, yeah. I actually felt quite sick. I wanted to just forget it. Just, yeah. oh, don't do it, don't do it. And I thought, no, yeah. it's not for you. It's for those people that need it. You have to do it. This is your purpose. You know, you were given that 2% of the 2%. You know, God gave you that. Don't shit on it, you know. Yeah. Do, you know, make use of that. This is your purpose. And I bet you have grown so much. Now, I often say writing a book is not about the book, but about the person yeah. at the other end of it. Yeah. And you feel like you've also had another level of transformation? Yeah, I've become a lot more um, giving and a lot more um, caring and compassionate. Yeah. Um, just a lot more charitable. Yeah, and patient and tolerant, and yeah. I'm guessing that your goal and vision is to increase that two percent of two percent uh, a bit well, to be higher. Yeah, absolutely. And and what my goal, what I'd love is for it to be on every recovering alcoholic's bookshelf, along yeah. with the AA Big Bible, the Twelve Steps of AA, yeah. and there's yeah. another one called Living Sober. Yeah, and um. And have this one side by side. And what I'd really love is that every person who comes out of rehab is given a copy of this book. Yeah. To well, Kim it. says, as a counsellor, this has given me lots of great insights and now I can recommend the book. So, oh, thank um, you, Kim. Which is good. I mean, yes. you know, it's lovely to hear your story. But then when you started kind of unpacking all of those situations and things that happen, mm. that you maybe take for granted and all that really yeah. is about rebuilding it 
a new lifestyle. And as far as I know, you also um, made your lifestyle even simpler by uh, living in a mini house, isn't it? Tiny house, yes. Tiny house. Tiny, tiny house. house for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, you've and got I'm, a kind of, yeah, you know. Very minimalistic, simplistic lifestyle. Yeah. yeah I keep yeah. everything very, very simple. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And that's, you know, it's ultimately, you know, the, and then you get to really be present and there yeah. with life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love it. So um, I'm sure Lindy will post the links where people can grab a copy of your book, a signed copy yeah. um, that's going to get posted underneath this uh, video. There's uh, national and international. So there's going to be a couple of links, guys, there with Australia uh, AUG link is for the local books and then international where you see the international will be for the slightly higher postage on the international yeah. uh, books but also a sober lifestyle is available and distributed across all your online booksellers like Amazon and Barnes and Noble so if you just look up Carol Jones and a sober lifestyle uh, really easy to remember you can check it out and you can uh, get your hands on it but if you buy directly for Carol of course you will sign it for I'll them sign it, yeah yeah, I love it. So how did you find our question is, um, what was it like going through Ultimate 48 Hour Author? Oh, um, in a nutshell, it was awesome. Like I would never have done it without it. And mm. I did try to, um, oh, how, how do you say that, change the world? No. Um, be the change, be oh, the change you want to see in the world? Sorry. It'd be the change you want to see in the world? Oh, no, no, I tried no. to reinvent the wheel like I do. Ah. I should have just followed the process. It would have been a lot quicker, but no, each step I tried to reinvent the wheel and then went back and <laughs> this process is, it was perfect. It didn't need any changing. It just took me a while. Um, and when yeah, I got the to Carol start, took a little bit longer than our <laughs> other authors. Um, because, yeah. you know, there's just people sometimes they want to try alternatives yes. and all that. But, we but say when I got to start, everyone was very helpful. Yeah. Lee was great. Um, Julie was great. Viv yeah. was great. Everyone was great with different things. Stu was great. You know, yeah. um, I fixate on numbers. That's yeah. why I think that 2% of the 2% is what I heard when I first went into AA. Um, and I just I just fixate on things and it said this book has to be 30,000 words and that's so many chapters and so many you know I divide everything and I I had all this instead yeah. of writing the book you know what I mean so um I just you still did to, it fairly quickly though I have had people say three four years and I don't know if you noticed in our group the other day someone finished after seven years wow so, um oh, I always say as long as you never give up it's not I don't care what you do, as long as you cross the finish line yeah, and the best thing was that was genius of you, Natasha, the um, pre-sales. There yeah. was no way I could let people down. <laughs> genius. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Carol. I really, really appreciate it. I am uh, highly recommend your book, uh, you know, Thank to you. those that might be struggling. You know someone, you know, you can slip it, you know, secretly to them to have a read. <laughs> Have an amazing day and week um, and uh, we'll connect really soon. Go and check out our Sober Lifestyle, guys. And remember, smash it out. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Bye. Bye.